0: Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. Hey, this is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today, we'll talk about how things don't always go as planned. But there's often still a blessing, even when things go south. And then I'm going to share a story about my father, how God has blessed him, and what it has to do with running and walking. And joining me to discuss those stories and a whole lot more is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis.
1: Thanks for having me, Dean. It's uh, pollen season here in the South.
0: It is. Somebody was telling me yesterday, they took their car, they got their car washed, and they spent all this time washing their car. Oh, man. And the next day they it's woke up and it's just completely yellow.
1: 30 minutes later. Yeah. 30 minutes later, it's covered. <laughs> I, you You were in the parking lot when Keith and I come in from running the other day. And I'm telling you, it was like, of course, we ran down Crow Road, and there's a lot of pine trees down Crow Road. And pines are what's really pollinating right now. It's just like a yellow haze in our town. Mm -hmm. And when I got done, or immediately when I started running, I felt like I was breathing in chalk. (laughs) And so five minutes into the run, I felt like I had the worst case of cotton mouth. I couldn't, you know how did you just can't get, well, you don't, you say you don't struggle with this. Yeah. But I do. And I just, the whole run, it was miserable the whole run because I couldn't, I couldn't get my mouth moist. And yeah. so then your mouth breathing the whole time, which is only making it worse <laughs> because the pollen's in the air. So, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'll be ready. I think we're supposed to get some rain. Early next week. Yeah, and now the rain's turned off, so it doesn't wash the pollen away. So, you know, we've been praying for rain to stop, and now it's like, (laughs) so again, welcome to the south. That's right. That's right. So uh, let's talk about this week's sponsor. Um, again, if you have a business out there and you want to support what we're doing and allow us to support your company at the same time, you can send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. But this week's uh, sponsor is some of our good friends, Superior Plumbing and Electric. Superior Plumbing and Electric has the best service for all your plumbing and electrical needs. They do commercial, industrial, and residential. They service Calhoun and all the surrounding counties, including Whitfield County, North Georgia, Georgia, uh, Southeast Tennessee. You can find them on Facebook at Superior Plumbing and Electric Inc. today. Um, great people. We had lunch with them last week, got to catch up on what they're doing. But again, it's just great to see businesses who are, are really bold in their faith and, and step out and support what we do, and we're happy to support what they do. So if again, if that's if you fall into that category, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, how about a post from last week? We have uh, this one from Michelle Palma Palma Stover. I don't know why that's hard for me to say. Uh, This isn't the first time she's been on here. Uh, This one says, good morning. What makes me do something over and over? It's the actions that lead me to results. Instant gratification does not exist in a third world country where I grew up in. If that's the basis of my actions, I'd have quit a long time ago. I'm in a ship where most workers are Filipinos. They introduced the bosses last night on the show. Six out of eight are Filipinos. I watch their beautiful smiles, caring and servant hearts because I know why they're here. For nine months, they won't see their families while the money they make builds their homes, pays for their kids, schooling and for a better life. It's not a lot. But it's an honest wage. What a joy they have because they know the results. I'm proud of my birth country and fellow men. Today, I ran five miles and walked a mile. The track was short and skinny. Walkers give way to runners. I got so much cheering from cruisers. Eight laps to get to get to a mile surrounded by the beautiful ocean and the smell of food. Why'd they put the buffet next to the track? (laughs) Doing the same thing over and over, get me the same result. So far, I love it. This is my story. This is my song, praising the Savior all the day long. Thanks for your time.
1: (laughs) You know, I ran on a cruise ship back in December, and I'm right there with Michelle. It's like... Everything on a cruise ship just smells like great food. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you have I, to do so if you want to maintain the same weight when you get off that ship as you do when you get on that ship.
0: You better be doing some running because be
1: you're going to do some eating.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that I would. Uh, I would have a hard time on a cruise ship. I mean, I, I'd be out there running, of course. But man, when there's food right there, I'm yeah. going to be eating it.
1: Have you ever? Have you ever been on a cruise? Never been on
0: a cruise. Nope.
1: The running is is strange. It's very strange because, you know, going one way, you know, those cruise are, cruise ships are sailing at you know twenty miles an hour, so but you really don't feel the wind. They're designed to where up on the upper deck they've got all these wind channels, so you don't really feel the wind like if you're on like a speedboat or something, right? But you're running, so you're running, you know, I don't know what that equates to, but like a three-minute pace or something. Yeah. But then when you go back the other, so it really wigs your Garmin out. I bet know. it does. And, but uh, but it, it is strange. So you're going with the wind. You can tell that you're going really fast, but you don't have the wind resistance. Huh. So it's it's a, it's a weird feeling that's, to that's run cool. on a ship. But.
0: Well, one of these days we'll get around to that. Yeah. Uh maybe maybe in the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the point about this post and one of the reasons why I liked it so much is the point that there's almost always a way to get it in, to get sure. your run in. And so I hear all the time people making excuses, but what Michelle has done is she and we've talked about this before, she decided she was going to get her runs in. She didn't hope she was going to get her runs in. She right. decided that she would, and so she did what it took. And then what I really love about this post is that she really focused on the positive things around her. She talked about the people on the cruise that were cheering her on, and she talked about the food, and she talked yeah. about the ocean around her, and she was focusing on the positive aspects of doing it. Because what do we hear most of the time with somebody in this in this situation? You would hear man so many laps just to get a mile she mentioned it, but she didn't dwell on that and that's where a lot of people the negativity of man it was so boring
1: yeah or they go further i mean i would guarantee you know today we have a you're gonna you're gonna host a, a track practice out at the high school next week is spring break and if you tell all those kids this afternoon or tomorrow afternoon, hey, I need y'all to run three times next week or whatever I know you're gonna do, and how many kids are gonna come up and say, Hey Dean, I'm going on vacation next week? Yeah. I won't I won't be running. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> there's not a road in front of where you're staying or anything. But that so many times that is our default is we we will let anything become an excuse but if you if you get in the same mind uh, the mindset like michelle is there is no excuse Yep, we can that is the beauty of our sport we can
0: do it anywhere that's right even on a boat that is right and i've done it yeah. and you know what some people worry about is the way people look at them the people are worried about what people are thinking but i've mentioned before that i you know ran in the atlanta airport one time in blue jeans and yeah man
1: you don't fall into that category
0: no, we don't no. really care don't what care. people. And, and I think that you know, most of the time, we're worried that people think we're crazy. But I think there's always a good portion of those people who are like, they're like, man. He's hardcore. hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you kind of feel that way when you're
1: running in the Atlanta airport. Yeah. uh, You just hope you're not going to get tackled by security. (laughs) It might turn into a speed
0: work. Uh, Yeah. Well, we've seen lately, too, especially since the marathon back in January, so many determined people. Mm -hmm. There's so many stories where people are just overcoming and doing stuff. And it's so awesome to hear it. Yeah. So keep it up. Um, You're encouraging other people to follow your footsteps, and that's pretty cool. So last week, we had a trivia question that was this. What is the record for the most miles run in a year? Now, when I posted this question, I swore that I found a different answer. (laughs) Because the answer to this question is a guy we've already talked about. and uh, But we're going to talk about him again, because I'm sure that not everybody's listening to every podcast, Mm -hmm. and it's been a while. But... The most miles run in a year is a guy named Rob Young in England. Um, They call him the marathon man. He ran 370 marathons in a year. That's crazy. That is crazy. That is impressive.
1: But I did not think that would be the answer to this question. I would have thought it would have been more.
0: Yeah. I, again, I thought I found a, I thought I found an answer, but I searched and searched and searched and really? searched and didn't see it. So, um, when you just type in, you know the the record, this is the guy that comes up twenty seven point four miles a day over ten thousand miles. The interesting part about this is that he had a a period of time in there for three weeks where he didn't run. So really, yes, because he had an injury. Okay, and so, so that kind of steps it up a little bit. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, but he did this to raise money for at-risk children. Apparently, when he was young, he had a rough childhood. And because of the rough childhood that he had, he wanted to give back to the community. And so what he decided was he was going to quit his job. And, well, actually, he, he did a job for, for most of this time. Um, and he would just get up really early in the morning, and he would run at least a marathon every mm-hmm. day. Um, So that he could raise money for, I can't remember the name of the charity, but it was a children's charity um, specifically. And this is what, there was an article from Sky Sports, this is what it says. Uh, Speaking to Sky Sports, he said, it started off as a bet between my partner and I. We were watching the London Marathon last year and I was really inspired by some of the stories. I said to my missus, I could do that. She said I couldn't. And it really went from there. (laughs) How many, how many stories have started off that way? I'm pretty
1: sure that's how my running journey started (laughs) with a bunch of buddies saying, I think we can do that. No, we can't do that.
0: (laughs) I said I could, I could do 10 or 20 marathons and somehow it got to 50 and off I went. I didn't really know what I was getting myself involved in. My day-to-day running routine would see me wake up at 2.30 a.m. and be at the park for 3 a.m. I would run the marathon and then get the train to work where I would change and have a wash. After work, I would head home, and if my boy was still awake, I'd spend some time with him and eat with my partner and spend time with her. Then I would start the whole process again. He goes on to say later in the article, Rob's motivation for such an extraordinary accomplishment is both startling and tragic. He suffered daily beatings at the hands of an abusive father, which he says included being dangled by his legs over the banister and thrown downstairs in a suitcase. He said he also witnessed the sexual assault of his sister and the torture of his mother. He says the last beating came when he was six years old when his father tied a rope around his neck and hung him on an old-fashioned coat hanger near the front door. Although the family eventually got away from his father, Rob's troubles did not end there, and he was soon placed in care where he was passed from orphanage to orphanage, getting into trouble along the way before being fostered by the man who, he says, turned his life around, putting him through school and helping to shape his future. Hmm. I mean, that's just incredible Uh, that, you know, we hear all the time and we don't, not, not getting political. We hear all the time about people who are disadvantaged. You talk about somebody who's disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than what this guy went through and he turned all that around. Sure. And, uh, and if you're out there and you've gone through that stuff, you know, I know it's hard. It's easy to say, hard to do, uh, but it's possible. Sure. It is definitely possible. Um, so, and as, as I said, he was injured for three, three, Three weeks. And so he took three weeks off. So basically, he did most of it, all of this, in essentially 11 months.
1: Yeah, it's basically 500 miles he had to make up. Yeah. Roughly.
0: That's that's a lot of miles to make up. It is. Some people don't run that in a year. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) And I noticed, I saw some pictures of him. I know sometimes he runs in a kilt. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if he does that regularly, but I saw several pictures of him running in a kilt, which that's not for me, but, you know, (laughs) more power to it. Right. Um, he also attempted, in the middle of this streak, to come to the United States and run across the United States in the transcontinental race that runs across the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't finish it. There were some accusations against him and just weird stuff going on there. Anyway, for whatever reason, he headed back to England and just kept kept on going over there. Um, I can't imagine getting up every day to run a marathon. Can't
1: You know, we talked about that Malachi O'Brien, uh, who's actually a pastor here in the States. He ran... Uh, it was like 250, I think. He just finished it a few weeks ago. Uh, and it was 250-something was a number that meant something, and that was his goal to run that. But, yeah, I mean, he was a pastor, and so by the time you saw him preaching on Sunday morning, he had already run a marathon. That's that's dedication right there. Yes, it, it is. is. Yes, and it he is. did it in the middle of Michigan winter. Oh. He did that. Every run was outside.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Well, makes, you know, I run every day. It makes my running every day seem like nothing. Yeah. You know, I just try to get in at least a mile a day. Most days, I get in at least three miles. Right. Um, and probably 95% of days, I get in at least six. Yeah. But it's, it's still, this is yeah, a marathon every it day. Is. I don't ever run a marathon. I very rarely run that far. Right. So, Yeah.
1: All right, Dean. 5K weekend is upon us. It's this coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Wow. I'm pumped. Can't wait. Now, for you out there who are listening and you're thinking, you know, I wish I would have signed up for that, there's still time. Get in your car this Friday morning and just drive to Dalton. the the hotel, You can still get a hotel in Dalton. I, I hope you can. I'm say I'm saying that without checking, but we have plenty of <laughs> hotels in Dalton. Uh join us. Friday night we're gonna uh we're gonna invade the little town of Cahuta. I was actually at the Red Wolf Grill, uh talking to those guys about it just the other night. Um we've got the uh Cahuta Pies, which is the pizza place. And just I was there I was there uh Friday night and Saturday night this past weekend. It is just It's a really cool place. They've done such a great job. Danny, is it Danny that owns the restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Uh, the Red Wolf. They've just done such a great job up there. I mean, and it's pulling people. It's not just the people in Cahuta. People are coming from everywhere there. And, uh, it's a cool atmosphere. We're going to, everybody's just going to kind of eat on their own Friday night. In Cahutta, And then we're going to get together probably behind the ice cream place. That's yep. where we've decided we're all going to kind of meet up mm-hmm. um, and just get to know each other. Um, and then race on Saturday morning, have a banquet Saturday night, have some great music. And the time of worship on Sunday morning at, at my church will run for God started. So it's pretty low key. But a ton of fun. Yeah. And so we hope you'll join us. Absolutely. And you don't have to be a Run Club member to be there. Now, if you come and you're not a Run Club member, I will, I'm will. i pretty sure that by the time you leave, you'll be a Run Club member. That's right. Because you'll want to be part of everything that you're seeing going on. For sure. You know that moment when you're running, and you settle into that perfect pace, and then the next song comes on? let that happen again. With the new J Radio, you can trust us to make sure that the next song in your playlist will help you keep up that pace. Check out the Radio Active Station on J Radio for all different genres of workout music handpicked for you while you run. Start listening now at jradio.com
0: We're back. You know, sometimes you just have these questions. You're wondering, how can I modify my training plan to accommodate a different race date? You're wondering, I've got this little problem that I'm dealing with. What can I do for it? Um, you, can, you can send me some questions occasionally um, at dean at runforgod.com and I'm, I'm happy to uh, answer those. Now, sometimes I answer them like really quickly and sometimes it takes a while. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it just depends on what's going on at the time. And so, uh, but you, you're fr- free to do that and uh, maybe I can help you out with whatever issue you've got. And also, don't forget that Thursday nights, um, we have fun on Thursday nights. We have some – the topic could be anything. Mm-hmm. It, there's a little bit of, of interaction on, on Thursday nights. And, and you're always up live. for suggestions, too. And I'm always up for suggestions. If you've got an idea on what we can do differently on Thursday night, or you got a topic in particular you'd like to hear, um, let me know, and um, we can we can cover that. All right. Well, um, this week, I was reading an, an interesting story, and it was about Derek Clayton. Uh, if you don't know who Derek Clayton is, Derek Clayton's from Australia. He was at one time the world record holder in the marathon. He was the first guy to run under two hours and ten minutes. And uh, he's 80 years old now. Hmm. And he had gone to the doctor to get a checkup, and the doctor basically said that he has his heart has the fitness level of a 25 to 30-year-old. At 80 years old. Um, So impressive because one of the things he does is he's never stopped. He just keeps going. And this is the benefit of our sport, whether mm-hmm. you're a walker, a runner, or whatever. This is a guy who's been doing it for his whole life, mm-hmm. and he's reaping the benefits at 80 years old. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody that does it consistently is going to be as healthy as Derek Clayton. But it your chances are way better sure of being being healthy and being able to move around and and do things when you get to be that age so um yeah he he uh, he rides his bike now um in addition to running so he just stays active all the time and um it becomes more important for us as we get older to to stay active and so um even if let's say you're let's say you're 50 years old right now and you only just started that's still okay. You still get the benefits. As long as you'll do it consistently, you'll still get the benefits. Maybe not quite as much as Derek Clayton got, has sure. gotten, but you'll still get the benefits of it. So uh, so don't be afraid to get out there. Get it done. And um, the other thing we learned from this is we don't ever have to stop. Right. At 80 years old, he's still riding his bike 30 miles three times a week, and uh, we you- can do that.
1: I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were having this conversation about the the idea of retirement and how <clears throat> in our society kind of in America retirement has a little bit different meaning than it has in other places. You know, a lot of times when we, we get to 65 or whatever age it is and we just stop everything. And for that reason, life expectancy really tails off pretty quickly but in a lot of other places a lot of other uh societies around the world retirement is not really what we look at it's they do something different and and that's encouraged in america too and it's the same thing you know you think well i'm too old to be running now or my knees are bad or whatever well do something different you know if you can't run if you got knee issues or whatever start walking yeah. you know if you can't do that ride a bike you know but the point is you know, just like I will probably never retire from working because I love what I do, number one, but I also see the benefits of staying active, keeping your mind engaged, some kind of will I run till i'm a hundred years old I don't know, but if if I can't run, I will do something yeah. um and, until I leave this earth um so it was yeah it was a it was a great podcast kind of bannering back and forth about how as Americans, we look at retirement as. It's time to just stop everything.
0: Yeah, and we're not made
1: to yeah. just stop
0: everything. Yep, for sure. Yeah, the best example I can think of that is um, Ray. Uh, his last name Ray. Gary Ray. Gary. I saw Gary the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary. Gary was an elite athlete when he was younger. A pair, he he had some records at Auburn. At yeah. Auburn. Yeah. Uh, he was. You know, he, he was, was really, a sprinter. Yes, he was very fast. And then, as he's gotten older, he's run some distance, and he was riding his bike. Well, the other day I saw him, and he was walking. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, he's I, Gary. Gary's probably he may be eighty now.
1: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he still rides his bike every yes. day. Yeah, every day. Yeah, he parks at Kahala Creek, and he takes off. And yeah, um,
0: and he's just he stays very active, he's, but he's toned it down. He has. I don't yeah. think he rides in the big groups anymore. He doesn't. Yeah. He, but he
1: goes out by himself.
0: Yeah. You know, I'll yeah. see
1: him leave. I'll be out at the track or something. I'm sure you've seen him too. Yep. He'll pull in his car and unload his bike and take off and yeah. I, I don't know how old Gary is. I, I would say he's he's in his early 80s. Yeah. Um his daughter's in her 50s, I think. Yeah. Um she might kill me if she's not, if she's not listening. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. That, yeah, he's a great example. Yeah, um, keeps going. John Disterdick It's yeah. another one we've talked yeah. about. We've had him on this podcast, just yeah. like the Energizer Bunny. And yep. I think you know, those are great examples. We they just are. we're
0: not made to to go home and sit. That's right. All right, this week's story comes from Josh Johnson, and that's a name we we all know. One of the things in this story that strikes me is that um, he says he's been he's been part of the group. Um, since 2021, I thought it was way longer than that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I did. Me too. That's crazy. All right. Well, this one from Josh is called I Didn't Deserve It. My running story is still fairly new, and honestly, I don't consider myself a veteran runner at this point in my life. I started running consistently in 2019 with my sister and dad by jumping into a few 5Ks. I then progressed fairly quickly into some 8Ks and then half marathons by the end of that year because, as my son likes to remind me, I can't do anything just a little but have to go all out as fast as I can. What I found was that I really liked the half marathon race distance. The mileage, the distance, the training, all are very doable and it fits me. So that's where I stayed mostly through 2019 through 2021. And you might say that has been my comfort zone. Spring of 2021, God showed me this wonderful program called Run for God, and we put together our first group, Team Coolidge, and completed the 5K Challenge by graduating at a local race. We all had a great time, and it was awesome to see people who had never run across that finish line. But what was next? I wasn't sure our group wanted to do more. So after that, I kept on running my own races and the remainder the remainder of the year, uh, but continued to pray for God to let me know somehow that we needed to continue to run for God. It was clear toward the end of the year, God did want us to continue as more and more people from our group kept asking when we were going to do another one. It was also interesting how many people kept asking me when I was going to do a marathon. Nope. I said, not interested in a marathon, but God started pushing and prompting and it wouldn't go away. So after much prayer, I announced to the class, we were going to be kicking off the run for God couch to marathon series starting January, 2022, 2022 is going to be the year I completed a marathon. I wanted to be excited about it. Really? I did but truthfully deep down it scared me because i had never finished a half mar- had never finished a half marathon and felt like i could go another 13.1 miles honestly i probably hid that fact from my class as i didn't want them to see see that in me i even made the statement i'll finish this marathon if i have to walk or crawl with some pride because i had never had to walk one step to this point of my running Boy, I wish I'd learned to keep my mouth shut, as you will see how God works later in this story. So we started training. The 5K Challenge, trained and finished with a PR at Dalton. The 10K Challenge, trained and finished with a PR. The Half Marathon Challenge, trained and finished with a PR at Cannonball. Now came the training for the marathon, and I dreaded it right from the start. The first couple of weeks started out okay, but then it happened. My first injury I had made another another statement a couple of months back that I had never had an injury before, maybe boasting a little. I've got to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> anyway, from that point until the race, it never got better. The outside of my left knee would start hurting at some point in my running. Didn't matter how or it didn't matter what I did or how many miles, it didn't matter if I ran fast or slow, it didn't matter how I changed my stride or foot strike, nothing helped. All of a sudden I was experiencing things I had never experienced before and I didn't know how to fix it. I was having to go slower. I wasn't the first one finishing in our group runs. I was having to walk some a lot just to get used to just to get the training done. And it was affecting me mentally as much as spiritually. I remember even thinking when we get when we get done with this challenge, I'm through with this and I'm taking a break. Big Beach race weekend came, and I secretly hid my inner thoughts and worries, and I didn't know if I would even finish. The race started, and somewhere around mile 14, the knee started. It got worse with each mile, and guess what I was doing by mile 20? Walking. Remember my statement earlier? And then it hurt just to walk, so I slowed even more. At points between miles 20 and 25, I was stopping a lot, stretching, almost crawling, doing anything I could to try to finish. I was able to muster a slow jog right at the end when the Run for God team was running people in, and I thank Shannon Coker for his words of encouragement and running with me. I finished a little over six hours, which was not acceptable for me. I was so disgusted, so down, so humbled, and I felt that I didn't deserve a medal with that performance. But that's when God showed me all the things I didn't deserve, but he provided anyway. My family, who had helped in so many ways throughout the training and race, my Team Coolidge family, who helped inspire me and finish the races too, another story in itself, Getting to a finish a marathon with my dad running by my side. The entire Run for God team knowing the pain that so many others have experienced in similar situations. And most importantly, my salvation. Fact is, none of us deserve anything, but God is gracious and loving and gives unconditionally. By the way, when's the next marathon? <laughs> Man. Isn't that our thought at the end of these things? I hate marathons. I mean, I run them, and every time I'm running them, somewhere between probably 22 miles and 26 miles, my brain is saying, I'll never do this Don't do this again. Why are you doing this? And I go back and do it again.
1: Well, you get done, and you're like, oh, there's a marathon registration.
0: It's It's crazy. It's crazy. But he makes a good point here. There's a lot of things we don't deserve. Um, But that's how God works. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to share a story here in a little bit mm-hmm. about how God, um, God will bless us mm-hmm. if we'll bless Him. Um,
1: yeah, I just love how we're getting it. We, you know, we're starting to get a pretty um, somewhat consistent stream of stories. From the couch to marathons now, yeah, you know that that's a program that we started a few years ago that we really didn't know how it would go, and it it's kind of become kind of our banner program for a year long and you know you and I knew these parallels you know of our walk with christ, but it's so it's so awesome to see all these stories coming in, and the stories are different, but the lessons are the same, yeah um and it's it just parallels so. Hand in hand with our walk with Christ, everything that we deal with in our struggles and our walk with Christ, you know, picking up our cross daily and following Christ. It, 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 man, it's just, it's on the same track with our, with our running life. You know, sometimes it, it feels great to pick up those running shoes, just like sometimes it feels great to pick up that cross and, and we're skipping along beside Christ. And then some days, Man, those running shoes just feel like a million pounds. It's like we we don't want to get out the door. And again, some days that cross feels we 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 feel the weight of what happened on that cross. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just uh, just continual reminders of um, what
0: this ministry is all about. Yep, yeah, for sure. Proverbs 29:23 says a man's pride shall bring him low but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. You know, one of the things about this that strikes me, I I see these you know God doesn't like uh, a boastful person, right? Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's very very clear there's several references to it in the Bible. But we know a lot of really cocky people who are successful. Mm-hmm. A lot of very prominent names that we could name really quickly. And um, we think a lot of times they're not getting what they deserve. And I know that sometimes we look at that and we, it's a little bit frustrating, not because we want to see people suffer, but because God is telling us that he's going to uphold the humble. Mm-hmm. And yet we see these people who are outsized, boastful, cocky people um, being successful. But the truth is... And I think what's what we all have to keep in mind is that in the end, God's got the final word. Sure, and that's that's it. it we're looking at eternity.
1: In the end, God's Tomorrow. got the final word, but during the process, what was it your our moms used to tell us when we were little? Worry about your own self. Yeah, uh, because anytime we we put the focus on others and what we think they deserve. Whether we know it or not, it's pulling us a step or two closer to what they're doing. Yeah, it It's it, a good point. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like you know when when my kids were young and I drop them off at school, I would say be the influencer, not the influencee. Well, when you start saying they deserve this, they deserve that, there's there is envy intertwined in there a lot of times, whether we want to admit that or not, and. And, and a lot of times that that'll pull us closer, um, you know. The, and that and we start getting prideful in that. And so the honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Well, humbleness sometimes is just saying, "I'm not going to worry about them. I'm just going to worry about mm-hmm. being who I need to be, who God's called me to be." And sometimes
0: that's what humble in spirit looks like. It's just not worrying about what other people are doing. Yeah, and you talk about being humble in spirit. I think it's an important thing to recognize. One of the things that drives me crazy is a false humility. Somebody who's acting as as humble, mm-hmm. but they're clearly not. Sure. And gosh, that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we probably all do at least some of that. Yeah. <laughs> probably we put we all put on a show, but. Um, you know, the it, it it's really hard. It's why it's why I don't because I see so much of that. It's why I don't say too much about my own running. Sure. Because it's God gave me a talent for running. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I do that you know that I could brag about. Or, right. you know I could say, you know, my the the I did I ran six miles yesterday at a pace that's faster than most people can race. Six miles, and that would be boastful, and that would be kind of uh, condescending Mm -hmm. to other to other runners. So I I tend to just keep my mouth shut and not. say
1: But you also do a good job of when you do say something, you give God the glory, and so that falls into the confidence category and not the cockiness category, which we'll talk about on down a little bit. Uh, Because that's what that's what because we do need to be we do need to be proud of our accomplishments from time to time and but we need to do it with a spirit a true spirit Mm -hmm. not not what do they call it virtue signaling right we need to do it with a true humble heart that dean i I did this run yesterday and mitchell couldn't have done it in his own power Mm -hmm. but but god helped me get through this and and man it's a vast difference but it needs to be it needs to be with a pure heart yeah um And and you're right. There's there's a lot of that out there today, and we're not going to sit here and throw stones at that because we're falling into exactly what we're talking about if we go down that road.
0: That's right. Uh, We need to worry worry about your own self, like like my mom used to say when I was a kid. (laughs) It's funny how how God's worked on me because I would much rather talk about Karen, Mm -hmm. you know, on Mm -hmm. on the track team and and her. Reaching her goal sure. than I would my, my own. Yeah. I just, yeah. it's more fun yeah. to talk about. Uh, James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But the let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing.
1: You know, I love that they came out with the new King James version. I do too. I do too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean here, here we go again. I mean it's 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 looking at trials, looking at hardships, looking at all the things that we can say are bad in our lives. But flipping those around and looking at them as opportunities. Um, yeah. again, we've talked a million times about how we're, we're able to do this with workouts, but for some reason, we're unable to do this with the circumstances of life. And if we can connect those dots, we can draw those parallels. We can see that, that the things that we're going through today, that hardship, that disease, that prognosis, that, what your boss said all those things if we can somehow look at those as opportunities then we can start to see what God is how God is going to use it how God because look back if you're still on this earth chances are you look back at every bad thing that happened in your life and something good
0: came out of it yeah yeah you're right and you know God's (laughs) for whatever reason God is uh Put me in many situations over the past few weeks Mm -hmm. that uh, required extra patience, which he knows I need testing. Sure. One of the things that strikes me is that how we react in those situations is how we really are, right? So that if, if I react in a way that is impatient, well, that's because that's, that's who I really am. It's still in there. Yes. Still deep. And so, the idea is to get that completely out so that your first reaction is something other than right. you know uh, an impatient reaction and that's really really hard mm-hmm. uh, and convicting when I say it
1: it is but it's also it's you know it's kind of you know Lane and I've been talking with with training here lately we've been talking about um uh, benchmarks. Mm-hmm. Those are our benchmarks in our spiritual life, and you know sometimes we need those. Sometimes yeah. God will God will allow us to lose our cool, so that we realize, hey, there's still a lot of work to do here. And yeah. and so next time that happens, because God will allow these things to happen, but the hope is that that benchmark where it was only right here where you lost your temper, or lost your cool. The hope is that next time it's it's up here, and then the next time it's up here. And then before you know it, it's almost impossible for you to lose your cool. And I can look back on my life, and I can definitely see those benchmarks. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, God allows those benchmarks to come more often than I would like. It's true. Um, but I, I do see myself, and I don't say that boastfully because Lord knows that is not Mitchell. That is not my spirit doing that. That's That's God's
0: spirit inside of me. And this scripture doesn't just say, deal with those gracefully. <laughs> it right. says, embrace them mm-hmm. as they come, mm-hmm. right? And that that's the ultimate place we want to get is not only not to react mm-hmm. in an impatient way. But to react in such a way that you go, well, thank you, God, for giving me this challenge.
1: Well, in your story, that it wasn't last week's, but it's the one I listened to last week. The uh, the podcast where you were talking about the flight and the coming yeah. back from yeah. nationals, and mm-hmm. man, that was you told that story, and I was thinking that is not the dean from five years ago. Yeah, it's true. not. Yeah, sometimes it's not the dean of today. <laughs> but God is there again. It, that was a benchmark in saying, you know, just like when you missed the day of running, that was a Bench, you could have just went off the complete deep end when you missed one day of running. Um, so I see those things in you, and that should be comforting to you because you're seeing them too. Yeah, you're like, whoa, wait a minute, that's not how I normally react. Yeah, that's the
0: goal. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Colossians three seventeen says, and whoso and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Everything we do, everything we do, and it's a lot like First Corinthians ten thirty one, which we've talked about a number of times. But this also adds at the end, giving thanks to God. Um, and it strikes me this this whole thing strikes me in a way that the attitude with which we do things is everything. Right? It's That's not a good just quote,
1: Dean. It's not that yeah.
0: That's tweetable right there. <laughs> It's not just that we do things to honor God, but we do it with the right attitude, that yeah. we do it in a way, just like I was just saying, when when we get those challenges, we're thankful for the challenges. Um, that's the right attitude. And that's where we're trying to get to, is trying to get to the right attitude. You know, how much do we, how many times do we do we do something, and the reason why we do it is just so we can check it off the list. Mm-hmm. All right. I've seen your list. You got a long list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're checking stuff off regularly, right? And sometimes you do that, and it's just and it's important to do that. Mm-hmm. But this says we should be doing all of those things to glorify God.
1: Yeah, uh, and we need to do it in God's time. You know, we're 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 we've got some opportunities as a ministry ahead of us right now, and and. We're having some some meetings, and I told my wife this one particular opportunity, and I won't go into any details. But um, I told my wife just a couple weeks ago, I said, you know, if if this is if we're if this is where God's leading us, let's let's get it done. Let's let's don't waste any time. Let's just get it done. And that that is my personality. Yeah. But God puts people in our lives and and God put somebody in in my life yesterday that was sitting right here at the head of this table. And her comment and it was it was Angie Hawkins. Yeah. Her comment what what God was cuz I asked. I said what what one of the questions I asked is what is God telling you about this particular opportunity? And Angie said proceed with caution. Yeah. Well, that was completely opposite with what I was feeling. Yeah. And th- there's the big difference. I, mm-hmm. I I really feel like God has put this opportunity in front of us, but it needs to be played out in God's time, but I see it as opportunity. I feel like God's behind it and what do I want to do? Let's let's help help God out a little bit. Let's let's move this thing along quicker and we need to have the wisdom to listen to people that God puts in our life that says, Whoa, just <laughs> slow down a minute. Um I don't. I don't really know what that has to do with that scripture passage, but it's it's giving God the glory for for those times when that's not what I really wanted to hear. If I'm being honest, but
0: that is what God was t- saying to my spirit right then. It's what you needed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, this talks about word and deed, and so one of the things that I would caution people about. We talk about this regularly. The 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 online stuff. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I thought about this that we treat people, we, most people probably lean in one direction or another. They either treat the people that they know that they're close to really well, and then sometimes they may not do that to people who are anonymous, mm-hmm. or they treat people who are anonymous really well and they treat the people that they deal with every day not mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it strikes me that a lot of people, they, we live two different lives, right? It's really two different thoughts. It's really two different ways of approaching things. And we we have to be, as Christians, we have to be the same person in all situations. Sure. And that's hard. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, if you've ever, if you ever, you know, I read stuff. Should I read it? I don't know. You know, maybe <laughs> politics stuff, and it's it's contentious. Sure. And I love to go down and read the comments. You love to go down those rabbit trails. <laughs> and I like to comment occasionally myself. And sometimes you comment, and you get some pretty ugly stuff back, right? Yeah. Now, I try never to be ugly in the in that direction. Um, but I will be pretty, pretty pointed. But –
1: um, you could you could use that twenty four hour rule where you write it and then you wait twenty four hours before before it,
0: you send it before you send it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, on message boards, you know, you're it's real time, so it's it's different. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I think that we have to be careful and make sure that we treat everybody well, regardless mm-hmm. whether it's somebody that is sitting right in front of you, which we tend to treat people better when they're sitting in front of us, mm-hmm. as, as opposed to when they're online. <laughs> Here's a question. Sometimes we think we're not prideful, but just confident or competitive. Can you identify the difference in your life and separate the two?
1: Well, the 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 illustration that pops into my head is is what I used to tell these triathlon kids. You know, we if if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I I was just reminded of this yesterday in our meeting that, you know, we have a a deep background with coaching kids. Well, you and I coached a triathlon team of young kids for many years. And so when you hear me say about the kids on the tri team, that's what I'm referring to. But anyway, one of the things I used to tell them is that when we would go to these races and when we coached up some pretty fast kids back in the day. And when we would go to these races, a lot of times they would win or they would be on the podium and I would say, because there was a lot of teams, triathlon is, has the sport has a lot of teams around the country. And, and some of those teams are very humble. They're very, they're incredible kids, parents, coaches. And then some of them, it's like they get on the podium and, and they're doing the pointing at themselves and, and looking at everybody else saying, you know, catch me if you can, all this kind of stuff. So I would always tell our triathlon kids, if you get on that podium, you need to be confident, but not cocky. Mm-hmm. And if you ever cross that line, look for a shoe coming through the crowd headed at your head, because I will knock you off that podium. Because there that is a very fine line it is. of confidence and and mm-hmm. cockiness. And to me, confidence is is being again proud of of what you did of your accomplishment, but giving credit where credit is due, and that's to God you know I, I think about people like tebow, you know yeah. Tim tebow he was he was always very confident. Tim Tebow is a very confident super man, competitive. super competitive, but never did I see him be cocky even now you know he's yeah. still doing some pretty incredible things mm-hmm. there was never an air of arrogance in there. And that's the difference is cockiness is simply confidence mixed in with arrogance. Yeah. And you need to strip that one away and you can do an you can do incredible things for Christ being confident in what you're do what you're doing, but you you go the other direction when you mix arrogance in with that.
0: Yeah. And it's really hard to tell the difference sometimes with with a lot of people. It's where that line is it's a very very gray line it's not a not a black and white line I think about Usain Bolt mm-hmm. you know Usain Bolt was flamboyant yeah, right but
1: there was humor in with it but it yeah was, it,
0: it was so yeah. it was different than just be. A, but now if he didn't have the humor with it it would have it would have looked really cocky yeah he was a
1: little bit even though he was the best in the world he was a little bit self-deprecating at times you yeah. know because it's like making fun of himself sometimes yeah. in interviews but it was, it he was, knew how good he was yeah but he didn't – there was no arrogance. I guess arrogance is the right word to put in there with it. Yeah. There was no arrogance with Usain Bolt. Yeah. You didn't hear him say something. You're like, oh,
0: what a jerk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you
1: think, wow, that's a pretty cool
0: guy. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I think what happens a lot of times, this is how you know you you get too, you go too far. With your, with your confidence, competitiveness, whatever you want to call it, is you said today, we see a lot of people that are using drugs to, to cheat. And yeah. to try to get better. That's just over the line. That's mm-hmm. that's taking that competitive. You, you've gone too far. Mm-hmm. You've gone you've gone into the cocky zone. If you think it's okay to do that, you've right. gone past just being competitive. And um I'm not. We, I'm sure we don't have a bunch of people listening to this that are taking drugs to try to enhance right. their performance. But um there's other things that we can do sure. that that can can push us over that line. And you know, I've gotten to the point. I was talking with somebody last week about college football. I love college football. I've always loved college football, but there are some teams I can't watch
1: mm-hmm.
0: because they're so. Every sack is followed by a guy jumping up in the air and pointing at himself, just like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody scores a touchdown, it's you know they're they can't taunt the other team because it's against the rules. But they're pretty close to taunting the other Mm -hmm. team. And, you know, the time when there was a team here, it's been several years ago, that went out and stomped on the the home team's logo out in the center of the field. Mm -hmm. I thought, that is not a picture of the way God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. I don't like to watch it. And it Mm -hmm. turns me off. And I've gotten to the point where I don't watch a ton of college football like I used to. Because it's gotten so, so bad. And so I think that's our world seeping in yeah. to the athletic world. And we have to be careful not to become part of that. Because the guy that I was talking to, his comment was, well, you know, if you don't do those things, then you're not going to be the best. I'm like, mm, that's oh. just not true. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> think it's true. Well, Tebow was a good example of yeah. that, right? You yeah. brought up the, the perfect example of that. Tebow was, man, there's nobody more competitive than him.
1: Yeah. Well, we, you've got several NFL players that are just they they live out their faith on the yeah. field and they're at the top of their game. Yep. You can do it. It can be done.
0: And when they score a touchdown, they turn around, they hand the ball to the referee and they run mm-hmm. to the bench. Sure. Yep. And that's uh that's always good to see. Um and I think it's our job as Christians to promote those people. Yep. I think we should be instead of instead of promoting, you know, some of these guys that have Five million followers on Twitter. Let's, prov- let's promote the ones you know that are promoting God right. or promoting a good attitude, rather than the cocky ones.
1: But what happens so many times, and, and this is unfortunate, is um, we're quick to tear those people down quicker than anybody else, Mm-mm. and that's what's sad. Yeah, um, you know, when they make a mistake, Tebow makes a mistake, and it's like. The wrath of the Christian community comes down on him. Yeah. And that is completely wrong. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing when, when, you know, Christian leaders, you know, I, I'm thinking of one right now that fall. You know, something happens, an affair of something like that. And we, it's, we just, we pile on those people. Now, did what they do, was it wrong? Yes, but look at your own life throughout the week, throughout yeah. the month, throughout the year yeah we have We have no business picking up that first stone. in fact, we're to pray for that person and try to rehabilitate that person. Right. but so many times we go and we attack and we get in our little circles and we say, "Did you hear what they did and and we're what we're doing in that moment is just as bad as what they did." to cause the fault
0: well said another question when you go through trials and experience setbacks do you initially react in a negative or positive way I'll I'll let you start that one yeah this is (laughs) this is exactly what I was he's he's stomping on my toes at Mm -hmm. this point in time asking that question because it's one of my biggest it may be my biggest challenge sure is is how I react when I don't know you feel a, a, a pressure or a I don't know what it is, but it's like you can feel your blood pressure go up when these things happen. And, again, if your initial response is um, to get angry, to react in a negative way, then that's where your heart is, and you need to change your heart. And that's why I've worked so hard on <laughs> changing my heart because I don't want to react that way. But it's still really hard not to.
1: From the mouth, the outpouring of the heart comes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. I remember a, a workout I did one time when I was in high school. And it was It's because I heard the story afterwards. And it was it, it's it's funny in hindsight. Wasn't funny at the time. But I was doing a workout by myself because I was doing some postseason meet that was, I think this was before I went to New Mexico to run a cross-country race. And um, the coach had me on the track doing 800s. Mm-hmm. And I was doing 800 repeats. And I he, he basically said, you know, I want you to do a couple of 800s. I did them. You know, he gave me certain rest. He told me when to go, and I would go. Well, I did – I, I was doing these one after another. He wouldn't tell me how many I was going to do. Well, each one got slower. You know, I started off running. I probably ran the first one in like, you know, two oh something. Then it was 2.12, and then it's 2.16, and then I'm getting slower and slower. Well, by the time I get to running them, running one, you know, I think by the fifth one, I ran like a 2.24 or something, and I felt like it was doing me no good at that point. And I remember turning around after crossing the finish line and I remember shouting at my coach, what do you want from me? And basically he said, <laughs> get back on the line. And maybe run another one. He, did, he didn't react in any kind of a way other than to say, get back on the line. And then I ran the next one faster and I found out later that I was done after that. After I got through with that next one, he said, alright, go cool down, you're done. I did six of them. I found out later that he was trying to make me find that almost an anger provoking. He that, was provoking yeah. me on purpose. Yeah, uh, he told my mother that later, and you know, to this day, he still never told me that that's what he was doing. Uh, but it was effective. Um, but that's where my heart my heart wanted to just oh, I get so frustrated, and I still get that same feeling sometimes today, and uh, I feel bad.
1: About I, I mean. He, You've done the same thing before. I know you and I have done it with with athletes. You know, it's like you know it's in there. Yeah. And but you just it, that was always the challenge with coaching, especially young athletes, is finding what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you've got to provoke them to that to find that thing that makes them tick even though they don't know it's there That's true and uh yeah that's true <laughs> it's kind of humorous looking back on those times yeah but sometimes in the moment you're like what did you just say to me <laughs> get on get on the track
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> last question do your actions words decisions always include god in what he wants or just when it's convenient so
1: Josh is just walking in our kitchen, grabbing the frying pans and banging them around at this point. Yeah, um,
0: that's yes. Uh,
1: the answer is no. It, uh, my decisions don't always include God, and that's, that is hard to say. Um, but again, I think those are those benchmarks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more of my decisions today include God than they did 10 years ago. Um, but I've still got a long way to go, and i'll i'll keep i'll keep evaluating in every one of those benchmarks. The nice thing now is, uh, as as you start to walk closer and closer with God, and, and this is a this is a um, it's it's an incredible thing, but it's also a bad thing. We think it's a bad thing is the closer you get with Christ, the more swiftly and violently. That um, conviction comes, mm-hmm. that's you know, true. and so in a weird way that's comforting. Yeah. You know, I I do something and I didn't even think about God. That conviction comes yeah. almost immediately and violently, and it's like, oh my goodness, what? <laughs> and you feel so bad, and you you just you you uh, you're I, at least I I'm so hard on myself. I'm like well, you you. You moron! Why did you do that? Yeah. But in the when I look back on it, I'm like, that's that's good. Yeah. You know, I've I've got my accountability partner, God, right there. Yeah. Where, if that conviction
0: never comes, that's when you need to worry. Yeah. Well, I've mentioned that God's got me working on pa- on patience a lot lately. And I, I've sat and thought about it and wondered, well, what's going on here? And it's really been comforting because I thought the reason why God has me in all these situations where I have to work on my patience over the last several weeks, I think, is because God thinks I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready to be tested. Yeah, And that's a good thing because a few years ago, well, I wouldn't have been ready. Mm-hmm. And so it's it goes back to that first chapter of James, right? Being thankful because God says, all right, I'm going to load a little bit more on you mm-hmm. because you need it, and I love you, but you need to get through this.
1: Well, and again, you know, gosh, I hate keep going back to the kids, but one thing that we used to tell these young athletes, especially the ones who were succeeding and we had a lot of confidence in, we were just on them nonstop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember Lane kind of asking me one time, like, you know why? I mean, I'm doing good. Why are you on me so much? And I, I, made the comment. I said, Lane, when the coach is on you, whether this is me or any other coach—basketball coach, football coach—when they are riding your case, it's because they know the potential. They know what you're capable of doing, and they want to see you do that. Mm-hmm. Where you need to be worried is when the co- when the coach stops being on you. That's right. And think of God as our coach. I won't. That now I say it right now, but this afternoon when I when I get that thump from God, I'm gonna be like, oh man, that that hurts. And I'll probably have a different attitude in the moment, but I want that. Because it means God's right there. It means God is He see He He knows what I'm capable of doing for Him and He's gonna push. When I stop getting that conviction or I stop hearing that still small voice
0: Be worried. Be worried.
1: Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All
0: right, we're back thought about this the other day what what muscles do you think are most important for running
1: well i read this and i i agree with calves but i also say hamstrings hamstrings are important you know too. and maybe it's because landon's dealing with calves right now and i'm dealing with a little high hamstring thing <laughs> uh, so it's fresh in my mind but yeah i mean those are the you know those big
0: muscle groups in your legs yeah you know well, you got, and you got several, and obviously something in your legs is probably going to be the most important, but, uh, yeah, I think the, your, your calves are so close to your foundation, mm-hmm. um, and it includes your Achilles tendon, which is really important. Um, and then some of the most, um, the, the highest frequency injuries come from calf issues. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's your actual calves or you've got shin splints or, um, Achilles tendinitis or a lot of times runner's knee mm-hmm. can come from uh, weak calves. And so I learned this, uh, kind of, I guess, the hard way. I, I had really weak calves at one time. When I first started, when I came back to running, after I'd not run that much in my 30s, and um, I, I just had a hard time. My my calves were always sore. And so um, I decided I would start doing calf raises just every day Mm -hmm. and i still do them and you still do
1: them in the shower
0: yeah yeah i probably don't do them every day but i do them most days and i don't have any i never have problems with my calves they might get sore occasionally like if i run in a race in spikes or something like that they'll get sore yeah but i get over it pretty quick because i'm stronger because I, i worked on it and um i think your calves are so important and i think it's important to keep them strong so, uh, if you know, and this, I say all this to say this, if you know you have a weak area, I know my calves were my weak area, and that's the case for a lot of people, but your, your, your weakness may be in your hips, it may mm-hmm. be in your quads, it may be in your hamstrings, it may be somewhere else, whatever it is, work on that before it gets injured, mm-hmm. and you'll find that you'll insulate yourself from injury, especially when you know it's a weak spot. Yeah. All right, it's a time for Dean's Thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, I got a phone call from my dad this week, and I saw some parallels to what we do. And so I thought I'd write a story about it, and it's called God Did That. My father is a very private guy. He doesn't do anything to draw attention to himself. He is as introverted as anyone I have ever met. He lives in New Jersey, and he loves Jesus. As I was talking with him over the phone recently, I began listing all, he began listing all the blessings he had received from God. Indeed, he was healthier today at 78 years old than he was at 50. His most recent revelation involved an allergy he had lived with for nearly his entire life. I can remember all the times we went into restaurants and he had to ask the waiter or waitress about how the food was prepared. He was allergic to eggs. More specifically, he was allergic to egg whites. A drop of egg white on his skin would bring swelling and an itch that required medication. Eating bread that had eggs in it was was scary as his throat would swell up and we would have to go to the emergency room. He couldn't even be in a house where eggs were being cooked without having a serious reaction. It was pretty severe. He recently found out that he's no longer allergic to eggs. There's no rhyme or reason as to why his allergy left, at least as the world would measure it. You see, my father credits God himself for taking away his allergy. When God took it away from him, he knew who was going to get the credit because he knew my father's heart. Maybe the most amazing thing is that this is just the tip of the iceberg. As I mentioned, he is seriously healthier today. Than he was at fifty years old, he takes less insulin for his diabetes, he's been able to stop some medications completely, and he is down to three puffs of his inhaler every two weeks for his uh, uh asthma and he gives God credit for all of it. So what does this have to do with running for God? Well, let me give you my interpretation. We've read the end of the story. we know that God will be glorified eventually. But he makes it clear in his word that we are to use what is around us to glorify him here on earth. We have heard the story after story of people who have done exactly that with their running or walking. We find out that we're not as strong we're not strong enough, and we need to give we need God to get us to the finish line. We need God to strengthen us to be resolved to get our training done. For those with a natural talent for running, God can use you to help others who struggle with it. There are so many ways we can glorify God with what we are doing. But I've noticed something about my father. He's much older than most people who experience lessening symptoms of major illnesses. You see, he spent much of his life completely disconnected from God. Then he spent a good portion of his life playing church. It has only been over the past 20 years that he has been seriously pursuing God. And believe me when I say he is running after God with all his strength. That man who has always been so private the man who struggled in school because he was dyslexic, the man who spent most of my childhood either locked in his room listening to music or working on a classic car, that man recently stood before his church and gave his testimony. He was terrified. The speaker had not shown up, so he prepared the audio equipment and asked the Holy Spirit to enter him and do the speaking for him. To someone who doesn't know my father, to many in the congregation that day, To the average person it looked like any other person standing up to share his testimony but it was so much more than that think of the last person you would expect to stand in front of a group and speak if i did that prior to this conversation with my dad i would have pictured him but no more god changed him god did that you may be struggling with your running or walking that's okay I'm convinced that God wants to help. I believe he will help those who look for strength through him. Now that's easier said than done because there are many people who are saying all the right things. But God knows our heart. He knows when we're just playing church and he knows when we're sold out for him. My father is sold out. God has taken an unhealthy, introverted, sometimes bitter old man and transformed him into a tool he can use to glorify himself because my father was willing and fully submissive to him. Now, I'm not saying that God will do what he did for my father, for anyone who truly loves him, but he will use your struggles in some way. It might be healing you from a major allergy, but it may also be to show the people around you how relying on God's strength can get you through anything. In a very powerful scene in The Chosen, little James is asking Jesus why he heals all the people around him but chooses not to heal him. Jesus explains that because of his malady, James can show the world that having his problem and persevering through it can have an even bigger impact on those around him. No matter what your situation is, God can use it. Whether it is through the couch to marathon program, an illness, or a broken relationship with a loved one, God wants to help you. But first, he wants you to be sold out for him. It took my father over 50 years to figure it out. It shows two things. One, it's never too late as long as you're still breathing, and two, you can miss out on a lifetime of blessings by waiting. Honestly, my father seemed almost miserable at times when I was young. Today he's a different person, and it's all because of God and my father's relationship with him. God did that. That's a great story, Dean. Great tribute to your dad. Yeah. I've I, never met him. Have you not? Mm-mm. Huh. Yeah, he, he, I, it would, I mean, I describe it in here. He was—he never came to my ball games. He never—he never came to watch me run. He just was never a part of my life when we were young. Sure. He looks back on that time now and he regrets it. Mm. And um, you Kinda know, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and his his faith now is so unshakable. Mm-hmm. It is so incredible. And it's. It's just unbelievable to see that same man mm-hmm. so so completely changed. Um, and when he told me he spoke in front of the church, I mean, I, I, my my comment was, "You did what?" Yeah, my wife was looking at me. Debbie's looking at me like, "What, what did in he the do you do? What happened?" <laughs> you know, because I was so incredulous about it. I was just like, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, but I mean, it's true. This is absolute, one hundred percent. It's all about how God has just transformed him into something completely different yeah. than he was.
1: And it's it's cool how God will use the. I mean, because I, I said the same thing about my dad. If mm-hmm. if you don't believe in God. And you knew my dad back when. Look at him now, and that's all the proof you need. And this sounds like the same thing with your dad. You know, people that knew him 30 years ago, to see him now, there's no other explanation. Because it wasn't your dad. It wasn't something you did. The only way you can explain it is a higher power.
0: That's right. And that's God. Yep. Yep and he's got man his his health problems i mentioned he's got diabetes and asthma and he's got the allergies that he's had he's it's just been it's been there've been many many times where he was this, he was this close to dying mm. um at work that's why he had to stop working because mm-hmm. um you know the, several times his sugar got so low that he was doing things that would, would harm him. Yeah. I remember one time get, getting a phone call. We had to go, had to get his truck, his vehicle towed because his sugar got low, and he just started running off the road, running over mailboxes, and just kept going. Yeah, And we fortunately, it's funny how God works. Fortunately, there was a guy who saw what was going on and just followed him and realized something, something's you, wrong. Yeah. That's not just some guy going crazy. There's yeah. something wrong there. And he followed him until my father finally wound up in a ditch somewhere. And he realized something was wrong with him. There was another time he walked into a store one day and he said, I don't know what my name is. I don't know what's going on. I just Mm -hmm. know I need something. And the guy went and got him some orange juice and kind of brought his sugar back up. And Mm -hmm. um, there was a time, this has been just a couple of years ago, that uh, there's a lady who calls him every morning to make sure he's okay in the morning. Mm -hmm. Well, she called him one morning and he didn't answer. And so she got in the car and drove over to the house. And when she got there, she found him on his bedroom floor laying there, and he couldn't move. His mm-hmm. sugar had gotten so low. And if she hadn't called him, he'd be dead today. Yeah. And there's just been all these points where God could have taken this man who was so bitter mm-hmm. and so not God-honoring <laughs> and could have just let him go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he didn't. But Any thankful he, he doesn't
1: thankfully God doesn't do what many times we and I say we in the world do, we write yeah. those people off. Yeah. We're like there's there's no hope. There's always hope. Yep. Yeah. And those are many times the most powerful stories, just
0: like your dad's here. Yep. Yeah. It's uh and, and if you're out there and you're Look, if you struggle with something and it may maybe it's just running and walking, right? Maybe mm-hmm. it's just trying to get out there every day. God can do amazing things, but it, and it it all just matters how much we really 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 want him to do it, right? And he he can he can get us he can get us to where where we need to be. Mm. Great story, Dean at run for god we care about more than just your exercise we care about your relationship with god and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with god that's why we partner with j radio j radio offers a variety of positive and christian playlists to listen to while you run you can find a playlist that i put together on the run for god station on j radio We're back every week. I share a reason why running and/or walking is so awesome, and I love this one. Uh, it's fun to surprise the doctors, right? So you go yeah. into the doctor's office that a doctor that doesn't know you, and he takes your pulse and he goes, "Are you a runner?" <laughs> because your resting heart. You rate You could
1: is so wig long. them out and say, "No, I've never ran a step in my life. I don't exercise at all, doc. What's wrong?" Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I go in. My, my resting heart rate is usually between forty-seven and fifty. Yeah, and so uh, it's 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 pretty low. Yeah, and so they 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 freak out a little bit, um, <laughs> or they just they're very they very confidently say you're a runner, aren't you? Of course, I probably look like a runner too, so it probably has something mm-hmm. to do with it. But yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think professional runners are less respected than other professional athletes?
1: I guess it depends on the circles. Uh, yeah in my world no, yeah, <laughs> but yeah I could see you know they're they're obviously not up there with pro football players and things like that, but i I think what they do in my humble opinion is harder than most sports,
0: yeah yeah, i think I think you're right, I think um. There, there have been a few track athletes that were very, very. I mentioned Usain Bolt a while ago. He was super, super recognizable. But it strikes me that, but even
1: him, even him, Dean, you get outside of our world.
0: Yeah, not many people know who Usain Bolt is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I think part of it has – part of it is the media and what the media plays. I think that's part of it. Part of it is the excitement of watching a particular sport, but that's Mm -hmm. not all of it either. Um, An example of that is – do you know who Jason Belmonte is? Mm -hmm. He's probably maybe the best bowler that's ever lived. Mm -hmm. And he's just – he's killing it. He's won more uh, major championships by far than anybody else has, and he's still bowling today. Nobody knows because he's a bowler. Now, bowling is not – I think bowling is is interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, I guess maybe most people don't think it is, but I think – here's my theory. My theory is most people cannot picture themselves playing on a football field with Peyton Manning. Right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people can picture themselves in a bowling alley bowling with Jason Belmonte. Or they can picture themselves on a track running, not with Usain Bolt, but doing the same thing Usain Bolt's doing, right? And so maybe that's part of it as we look and we, we go, wow, what, look at what LeBron, LeBron James can do. It's unbelievable how he can twist his body in the air and all the things that that man can do is incredible. And so we look at that and we think, that's special, that Usain Bolt thing, not so special. All I, he's doing I, is running.
1: I think you're dead on and, and – let me let me let me add to that because you're right, I think on the football field, we can look at that four hundred pound guy hitting that two hundred and fifty pound wide receiver and saying, Oh man, that would absolutely hurt we We put them on this pedestal of superhuman or we see that. Basketball game and and we we see them you know going up and and dunking and thinking I could never do that but you're right we we kind of put ourselves on the even playing field because anybody can go run right mm-hmm. well it's for that reason that I've always said in the Olympics you need to have average Joe on the track yeah. with Usain Bolt because even Usain Bolt I mean it's. He, you watch the hundred meter finals in the Olympics, and everybody's running below eleven seconds or ten seconds or whatever it is. Yeah, everybody's doing it, and so it's kind of all relative. But if if the competition had me in it,
0: <laughs> it would look different.
1: It would look very different. Yeah, and because then you get perspective, and mm-hmm. I think it's the lack of perspective that makes it so. Um I, I don't want to say boring, but it's like well, everybody's running fast. Yeah. Um but if you put average Joe out there I mean even you. I mean as yeah. fast as you are, if you put you on the track with Usain Bolt, everybody's gonna go, Man, that Usain Bolt's fast. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, 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 I think that's I think it's for that reason. But then I say that and then, you know, you turn on ESPN some days now and they have Cornhole board. Yeah. How, how did that jump above running? I yeah. mean, how did it? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I mean, know. I'm not taking anything away from professional cornhole board players. They spend hours perfecting their craft. But how did it jump above? <laughs> Track and field. Well, I don't know if it jumped
0: above it, but it, it is. I
1: see it you see on it. the TV more than I see running events. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's an interesting discussion. Yeah. My, my thing is is I am not a fan of celebrity in general. I, I don't. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of people I'd love to talk to. I would love to sit down with Sebastian Coe, and I'm a big, he's a big hero of mine from back in the 80s when he ran so fast, and that's all awesome. But I want to talk to him about training theories and sure. you know and of course he's on the, the olympic guy and so i'd love to talk to him about that kind of stuff but that's the only reason that that i hold those people up is because i just want to sit down and talk yeah. with them not because oh they're you know we just recently had this thing with alan it was cool it was really cool to be in a in the room with alan webb and to talk to alan and um great guy but he's just another guy mm-hmm. and um Getting to know him as well as I got to know him, I feel like I got to know him. Having lunch with him and stuff was—that's the cool part. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big autograph seeker, I guess. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, listen, we're at we're at that time where we where we give a trivia question and a quote of the day. Right. So you have a combination. So you, combination ca- you of those
1: came things. in this you came in this morning. And I said, hey, why don't you let me take. The, the quote of the day and the trivia question and combine them and so I, I saw a quote this morning that i just i love I'm a fan of where I saw this I'm gonna give this quote and it has nothing to do with running but the trivia question is where did this quote come from and and i'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little background on the quote there is a homeless man having a discussion with someone and he's the homeless man is trying to influence some kids and he's talking to the kid's father. The trivia question is where did this quote come from? So this is the quote and the trivia question. So the homeless man says, who's to say if the boy would be happier with your way or mine? Why not let them decide? talking about a young, young man. And the father says, No, I'm afraid it doesn't work that way. You can't let a young person decide for themselves. They'll grab at the first shiny thing with ribbons on it, and then when they find out there's a hook in it, it's too late. Wrong ideas come packaged with so much glitter that it's hard to convince them that other things might be better in the long run. All a parent can do is say, Wait, trust me and try to keep temptation away. Huh?
0: I've never heard that
1: before. So that's All the right. trivia question. Where did that Where did that come Where from? did that dialogue come from? If you know the answer, send it to us. Dean is obviously stumped. I'll give him the answer after this, and if you get it right, You'll win some cash to use in the Run for God store. Yeah, so send that to dean at
0: runforgod.com. Be the first person with the correct answer. And then we'll talk about why I love that statement so much next week. Yeah, very good. All right. Until next week, keep getting it done. May God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.